At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lundberg here, the world messenger, and I have that big guest with me here to here today in the studio that I absolutely cannot wait to introduce you to. He's someone that I've been known for um, been knowing for a while, someone that I actually interviewed my book, the international best-selling book, The World Messenger, uh, From Fear to Greatness, Business, Sports, and Life Lessons, who shared phenomenal all three business, sports, and life lessons in his journey. He started from South Africa and had an amazing journey through Europe to the United States. Started as tennis player, then phenomenal tennis coach, created high performance environment for so many athletes, created such an amazing trajectory for success and mental toughness. And without further ado, let me introduce you to my favorite friend here from South Africa, Warwick Bashford. Warwick, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Isabel, thank you. It is absolutely great to see you and um, here. It's good to be here. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Likewise, and and hear that fantastic accent blend of not only South African uh, but also a little bit of that French, uh, you know, and and other blends, right? Not just that uh, English um, that. I had a chance to hear in, in the recent years, but I'm so glad you kept it, you know, because <laughs> that is just such a unique who you are. <laughs> uh, and uh, and great to see you as well. You look fantastic, my friend. How is everything going? No, it's going well. It really is. You know, uh, as you as you know, I've been doing a, a two week fast and um, to to get my uh, health going. You know, to re restart the body clock, so to speak. Um, you know, at certain times in your life, you need to do this to, to kind of refill what it tastes, you know, what good food tastes like is, you know, we put sugars and, you know, sauces and things and, and I'm eating food now that I used to put sauces on that I actually feel the taste like I was 10 years old. It's incredible. So um, having lost about 30 pounds uh, plus and, and now rebuilding the muscle, I'm just feeling amazing. That is fantastic. It's a, it's a great when we pause and reflect and see what we can do to be running our mind, body, and um, mentally right in the best possible way. And a lot of times take sometimes extra these measures, but what prompts you to do that, Warwick, if you don't mind sharing, because you're not only athlete for life and coach for life, which, which very few people continue to do and, and, and also think about their own self-care. Could you please right. tell us a little bit more? Well, you know, it's all part of the mental toughness world, mental fortitude, um, you know, which is about improving every day, no matter what the circumstance, you know, no matter how life, you know, society brings you down, uh, COVID, that sort of thing. So I, I, to be honest, I was actually overworking. So... <laughs> You know, when you work too hard, you know, 60 plus hours a week, um, 
and it's both physical and mental. I, you know, I, I attracted a, um, a thyroid issue, um, you know, a nodule that is benign, thank goodness. But, you know, I just felt sluggish. I felt my body slowing down and I, I just didn't feel right. I got COVID, um, which gave me a clot. So my blood just, you know, thickened. And I thought, you know, there must be another way. So I looked into um, how to fast and reset one's body through a herbalist based out of Australia. And, uh, you know, so that means really two weeks, uh, 14 days where you, you don't eat anything except drink um, what 32, eight ounces of uh, water a day. So, so basically that's helping your spleen, you know, reduce, it's not overworking the spleen, the cells um, in your body, the good cells will eat the bad cells and, you know, you will cleanse your gut, uh, your circulation, the blood. I mean, even my stiffness is, have gone, my, my bone joint pain has gone. Um, and, you know, you just feel 10 years younger. It's, it's incredible. Um, I weigh, you know, less than 10 years, probably the, the, the weight is now, you know, when I was 16, 17, uh, trying to play the tour. And, and at that time, I was pretty light. But you know, I'm about 140 pounds and normally I'm 180. So wow. yeah, a big difference. And coming back and starting the foods, you know, it's, it's been great. The taste buds are, are never better because, you know, I, I lost my smell with, um, with COVID. And then now, you know, it smells so strong, but, you know, taking four herbal tablets uh, three times a day actually helped me you know, not want to eat. And, but I was just driven. I was driven because I knew this was going to help me. And, you know, a, a classical diet does not work. I mean, in, in my first month of preparation, yes. I, um, I started dropping carbohydrates and sugar totally. And, and, you know, it, it, I dropped 10 pounds. And I was like, wow, why do these people diet? They just have to, you know, this is an easy fix. And then, you know, I prepared my mind and body uh, like an athlete would do um, for the inevitable, which was not to eat. Um, and so when your weight gets to a certain level, you, you don't want to let it go below, say, you know, 135 pounds. You've got to maintain it. So I've got to maintain it for the next four weeks at 140. And that means, you know, watching that scale. And that's where the body starts to, to reset and heal. And, and then we'll, we'll go from there. It's a, an everyday experience, but uh, you know, everybody's freaking around in, in my circle, you know, what's going on? How can you do this? This is not safe. But, um, you know, as a, as a high performance coach and athlete, we know the boundaries. So yes, yes. Mm. And what is healthy and what you can endure and where, where you've been before your body has a memory, right? And your body has a history. And exactly. I love, I love what you shared with, with the audience here, because so many people, as you know, are suffering, right? They're suffering mentally, mm -hmm. emotionally, physically. And a lot of those things is now being mixed and match. And a lot of people don't see way out. 
Uh, some yeah. people gain weight, some people feel um, inflammation, regardless. Mm -hmm. uh, and then and also emotional stressors and fatigue, right? How emotionally can we can overcome? And if we're not putting ourselves out of comfort zone, we never know what we're capable of, right? Right. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I love being out of my comfort zone because it, it you know, the more difficult the challenge, uh, the stronger, you know, the um, the will I have to get through it. Um, because, you, you know, as a tennis player, you, you, you're losing and you want to win. And you've you got to figure a way out. And it might be, not be in the match. It might be in the practice session afterwards where you have to improve your, your strokes or your focus, uh, fitness, nutrition. Um, and that's really what my life is about. It's, it's a constant and never-ending improvement consciousness. So I'm never satisfied um, if, you know, I'm one in the world of anything. Uh, I want to be better. Yes. And, and, and that is the beautiful desire to be the best version of yourself, not competing what others are doing, but what are you doing to better yourself for so everyone that don't have much exposure and understanding how amazing you are. If you don't mind, let's also now take people a little bit of the journey. Like this is where you are today, which shows that you are not only life athlete athlete for life as i call it because so many people after they hit certain age uh, they feel like semi-retired or retired and they truly don't pay as much attention on their overall well-being same thing as a coach they feel mm. so much that they need to push forward with others and their performance but they don't necessarily stay as agile on top of their form and you are a living example what um life coach looks like or a coach for life or mm -hmm. athlete for life looks like uh, walking that talk but that did not start very easy for you uh do no. you mind sharing a little bit of your journey for everybody that also wanted to read in the book obviously but uh you started with very very humble beginnings in south africa and please uh, tell audience uh how did you build this amazing mindset well obviously that's a deep question and there are a lot of um, circumstances, but I'll try to be um, short because it, it could take us three hours. <laughs> but, um, you know, growing up in South Africa, um, yeah, we were, you know, um, from small, humble beginnings, you know, I learned to play tennis with no tennis shoes, you know, just on the dirt and, you know, fell in love with it and, you know, eventually um, had a desire to, to, to leave South Africa to go to the UK, um, London, England, you know, to to train where the biggest tournament in the world was Wimbledon, right? You know, you're like, wow, this is the biggest tournament. This is the only one we see on TV. That's the motto. Yet when my parents, you know, decided to help me by following my dream, they immigrated to to England. And, um, you know, my dad got a job and, and just a humble job. But, you know, I got to England and was really disappointed because you know, the English weren't that great at tennis. Uh, they had the best tournament in the world. But I was like, wow, you know, um, yes. you know, did I make a mistake? Should have stayed in South Africa? You know, at school, I was bullied, uh, made fun of for wanting to play tennis because obviously in England, it was soccer. So, um, you, you know, I continued my high school, trained as much as I can. And then, you, you know, I got injured 
um, just as I was trying to break on the Pro Tour uh, about the age of 17, um, I actually returned to Florida to train at the, um, you know, Boletieri Tennis Academy at the time, um, you know, to, because England had nothing, you know, it was miserable, nine months of rain. And, you know, we used to play through the rain and the snow. It was all good. And that developed some mental fortitude uh, to train in those conditions. But I, I felt I needed to be in an environment of world-class athletes. And uh, it was in Boletieri's where I went from, you know, two hour a day to an eight hour a day training session, which basically broke my body. So it was like, you know, doctors were like, you're done, you know, it's finished. So while I was there, I started to learn how to coach and I worked there and I didn't play tennis to finish out the year. Came back to, to England and realized I had no future there. So I went and got a job, you know, where it was a hotel making beds, you know, selling electronics, saved up enough money, rent, uh, bought a van and decided to go to France um, where I would, you know, learn to train on the red clay. And um, getting to France, I was with a buddy of mine and he said, I can't take this. You know, I, I, I just can't deal with the French. I'm, I'm missing my mom's cooking. I'm, I'm going home. So after one month, and he was actually a better tennis player than me. And, and he was, he and I used to win a lot of doubles there. But, you know, I just, I just fell in love with the culture, um, the culture of tennis as well, the food. And, and I decided to stay. You know, and, and I thought, well, I'll stay another few months and it ended up 18 years. So, um, you know, having to learn the language to make a living because to stay, I didn't speak French. And uh, I ended up at an academy in Paris, you know, France. And, you know, they, they thought I was American with my accent and whatever. So they, they hired me and, and I just learned how to speak French. I mean, I started with kids and the kids found it cool that I spoke English and I taught them English and they taught me French and within six months I was fluent so that was a challenge in itself you know living in my van in the middle of Paris you park your van and you sleep in your van you sleep outside the club you know you cook for yourself um, you know you don't have a lot of means and so you, you know during my time in in Paris I obviously got better at coaching and I, and I studied this uh, for many years and um, you know, while I was there, I started different businesses. And then one day, you know, I was at Roland Garros and uh, I met a, a young lady's agent, Emily Marisma. Well, the agent was Isabella. Uh, um, yeah, same as you, Isabella. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we got introduced and she was looking for a coach and I ended up training the future number one in the world on the WTA tour. So, you know, wow. left my business. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a, a, a one in a million shot. I actually met my old fitness coach in Florida who was dating the, 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 the agent of uh, Emily Marismo. So he introduced me. We met Emily and I hit it off and we went to Wimbledon the week later. What an epic story and what yeah. amazing perseverance and believe in your own dream and where that took you since then. I mean, for everybody watching and listening, guys, these things take time, but when they do mm. happen, 
only happen because we persevere, right? And because we continue believing ourselves and building our craft and being the best we can every single day. Okay. So since then, <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. you, you've been coaching so many professional women athletes. You got into the insanely high competitive area of tennis, ATP and VTA, and getting on these tours and credentials. And uh, I mean, journey that was just unbelievable. So do you want to share a little bit just for audience? Because tennis is insanely specialized. It takes so much time, money, and effort, right? Uh, right. It's oh, not for, for sure. everyone. Not only because it's cost because it's costly, but not everybody's so good in order to truly be the cream of the crop because of how many amazing players are out there, right? Correct. Well, you know, I was fortunate with Emily because she was, you know, 17 at the time. And, uh, you know, she couldn't break into the, she was about 400 on the WTA tour, the Women's Tennis Association. And um, she just couldn't break in. She was number one junior in the world. Another coach took her to that that position, but she just found it, you know, hard to do. And, you know, as a coach, I, I realized on the WTA tour that many coaches sugarcoated their situations so that they could keep a job. Um, where I decided was I was prepared to be fired every day and I would say what I thought and I would tell the truth and I would, you know, Tell it how it was straight. Um, you do that today, you probably won't keep your job. But, you know, Emily respected me for telling her the truth. And I said to her, you, you can be number one in the world one day. And she said, nobody's ever told her that. And I said, well, maybe they were afraid to because of they didn't know if you could. But I believed sincerely that she could be a future number one. And from that moment, everything I said, she would just take to heart and work like crazy. And, you know, thus the, the, the rest is history. But, you know, following that player, you know, I went into with other players, lost those positions because I would, you, you know, I didn't tell the player what, it, what they wanted to hear. I told them what they needed to, to do to improve. And, um, you know, it's almost like a, um, you know, an objective, not a subjective situation. You know, we're so used to being subjective in our lives, you know, and politically correct and I was yes. just going straight at it and um, you know I was driven yes. and 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 motivated myself to I mean I put put out bets you know okay if, you know you can do this I'll shave my head or if you can do this I'll do you know this fitness workout or, and you know it inspired the players and so that's where the success came because people said to me what did you do to change this player she's not any different I said well uh, she is because she believes in herself. So I help players on the WTA tour believe in themselves. I mean, um, which is, you know, when we see it as the public, we think they're all mentally tough, but they're very mm -hmm. sensitive people. Um, so, yeah, that's how it all started. I really um, was lucky because on the pro tour today, I don't think it's going to be that easy to be as direct. Um, and then, you know, from... From then on, I had an opportunity with Marcus Bagdadis. Um, I was working for the Mauro Tuglu Tennis Academy based in Paris at the time. Yes. And, um, yeah, he's moved down to the south now. But, you know, he he'd had some good coaches. But again, he hadn't found 
his creativity. So I brought the creativity out of him um, based on his soccer skills and things like that. I, you know, I get to know the player right to the core. I get to know, you know, what they do from, you know, a young age and how they were educated. And if that player is willing to, to be coached and be coachable, then we've got a good, a, a good chance of doing very well. And a lot of players, even at that level, um, that I worked with weren't coachable. You know, they just, they didn't want to know the truth, even though they knew I was right. Um, so it's, it's, it's very they didn't hard. They didn't want to, to hear it. <laughs> no, no. And, and uh, it's, it's unreal. Um, I mean, one year with, with, with Davenport, we were practicing in Germany at Fildestadt. And um, Emily said to me, uh, I, was, I was playing with her and, and I was hitting the ball flat and hard. And she said, would you stop doing that? I said, no, why? Because your opponent, number two in the world, Lindsay Davenport, hits the ball flat and hard. So you got to get used to it. So, you know, she, she listened and she got on with it. And the next day she beat her. So, you, you know, she's top 30 in the world. Um, and then she beats the number two top player in the world and loses to the number one player, Conchita Martinez, um, in the final. So that opened up a lot of doors but because she was willing to be coachable i love what you shared and and honestly Warwick, i want to just highlight a couple of things for everybody watching listening but also where we're currently today uh, yeah. as advisor as a as an advisor to assist with decision makers right and uh, a strategist and also consultant and then of course on all, all indirectly always comes out that coaching aspect i have to say more than ever actually we need that truth we need to be direct just uh, obviously we need to understand the audience how that directness will play out what they are willing to take mm -hmm. uh, but i wanted to say what you demonstrate and how you treated and how you played i think that is extremely extremely important because we don't have a time to waste, not only as, a, as a experts, but exactly. also a talent doesn't have a time to waste. We also mm. have to level set expectations and we have very insane expectations right now, right? What's possible or what is expected from coach or advisor or strategist, whatever role you may play. Uh, mm. And it's always that hazy area. And more we have the dialogue and clear sense of those expectations and work that needs to be done from both sides, then we have a something that we can build on. But if that is not there, fortunately, it's not just not being coachable, right? But it's mission impossible because Definitely. you can be working all the time and exhaust yourself. But if others are not pulling the weight and doing their part, it's going to never bring the results. But that's not going to ever reflect on your capacity and your capability. Right. What are you capable exactly. of achieving? So I just want to say kudos you for following your instincts, for being so brave and actually breaking into coaching women on the yeah. world scale in such a competitive industry and finding their trust and finding the ways to navigate, which was extremely difficult. And then back for a second, for everybody, if you didn't hear very correctly or understood what that meant, when he was talking about Mortalongo, uh, Mortalongo's Academy, I'm sorry, I always trip on Mortalongo. his last name. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yes. A uh, last name. He that is academy where Selena's William coach was training Selena for I believe over a decade. Right. They were being together for quite a bit of time. About ten years Selena, now. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yes, yes, that's 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 what I thought. And 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 what's so interesting, guys, is for you to be working with him and supporting his academy and help him build framework and expand on things. That is such a like it's elite, top of the top in the world, guys. Mm-hmm. And Warwick played again against all ads in such an amazing, brilliant way, contributing. And again, I just love you how humble you are, but I wanted to accolade and really put in perspective for everybody watching and listening what that really means on the larger scheme of things. And now we're getting into that tennis mental toughness, something you created and you're so proud of it. Do you mind sharing a little bit how all that came from experience to that point, please. Sure. I mean, you know, obviously, um, circumstances in my life, personal circumstances, a, a separation and divorce from my first wife, you know, three kids, uh, something that when I came to America, because of that, um, you know, I lost everything and, you know, lost custody of my children, lost, you know, my house, my car, everything went to the French uh you know, side of things. So coming to America with $500 in your pocket really uh, was difficult because, you know, I had to start over. Uh, fortunately, I ran into a family that knew me from the Pro Tour and they, they wanted me to, um, to coach their young daughter, not to be a professional tennis player, but to um, believe in herself to the point that she could win the Nobel Prize. Um, in, in some sort of field. So their expectations were very high. So I was more of a mentor, coach, life coach. She wanted to play tennis. She wanted to learn how to play like the pros, but not necessarily play. And long story short, you know, I spent three years with her and she went on to, you know, some colleges in the States and, and played, but she wasn't wanting to play. Her struggles uh, ended up um, helping her become one of the best doctors in Miami right now. So, um, you know, spending that time kind of set off a light bulb in my mind that, you know, the player doesn't need to become professional. Um, they, they have a goal, whether it's a high school or college, uh, or they want to be really good at something in life, that through tennis, I could reach hundreds of kids that are lost. You know, the... Tennis, and it became a, a mission for me to, through tennis, teach kids adversity, mental toughness. Um, so I went out and I, I consulted with clubs. And uh, I soon found out that clubs were not doing well, didn't have the numbers. So I helped them increase uh, the, their numbers, you know, with kids, grew the, the junior programs, um, you know, filled their minds with dreams. I was once told as a youngster when I was in my late teens that I was a dreamer and that I should stop dreaming. And, you know, that fueled the fire for me to do the opposite um, because a dream, a goal is so important. And so I instilled this in in kids and that's why, you know, um, my student at the time, Hannah, became one of the most prominent doctors in Miami today. And, you know, there are many stories of my students being successful in other things because of tennis. So, um, 
that's why I got into club tennis and have traveled different states, you know, from Colorado to, to Florida to South Carolina, uh, even returned to France at one point, just to inspire juniors um, to become somebody and to understand that through all their difficulties today, uh, they can accomplish something. So that's where I'm at now. <laughs> Wow, what a brilliant story. And again, how much self-confidence, self-perseverance had to take. How many times you rebuild your life? And I feel like not only you and I have a lot of similarity in that regard, but it's interesting. It's like if you learn once how to do something, doesn't mean it's necessarily easier second, third, fourth time around, but right. you know that, that, that you just have to trust, right? Trust the process start applying, put the work and efforts and hope for the best and adjust along the way, right? Exactly. You know, the, the process is the key. It's not overnight. Um, our struggles make us stronger. We learn from them. I mean, you know, when COVID hit um, in 19, I was running a, you know, a small program of about 30 kids and, and I lost all my clients. So it was like, okay, so how am I going to make a living? Um, you know, besides, you know, outside coaching from tennis. And so I started a business in, um, I thought to myself, well, what can I do in tennis? So I started a business resurfacing tennis courts. So I haven't been trained for that, you know, and painting tennis courts. So you actually paint um, the, the acrylic paint over asphalt, which we have to also install. And so I learned this business and that saved you know, our family, um, you know, from debt because of just thinking outside the box, being creative and going on to another challenge when you're working outside in 100 degrees on a 100 degree court um, and you're doing that for six months, it's grueling. But it's, it's again, you know, it's testing you. You've got to trust it. And I did. And, you know, we, we became one of the best companies in the upstate here in South Carolina for you know, resurfacing, um, you know, and then I got injured again. And so, you know, um, through that process, and I decided to go back to tennis and the club, you know, um, contacted me, you know, to, to work with the kids. And so I started that. So I did a bit of both right now. But that, that journey again of, of having to, you know, think outside the box and how do I get better at something I can't do, like I couldn't teach tennis, I was injured, but the, resurf the resurfacing helped me also get stronger, still got injured, but, you know, all these things are, are, are challenges that we need um, if we trust and believe that it's going somewhere and we can improve something. You know, it's wow. like... Um, I love how resourceful, yes. Yeah, now I was going to say, you know, Elon Musk, um, fellow compatriot here uh, or uh, yes. native, you know, guy, he, um, you know, he said that back in the day when he started Tesla, the, you, you know, he didn't know the results. He didn't know how successful he didn't really, he wasn't convinced it was going to be the success it is today. But the fact that he continued, you know, through excitement and passion that he would be part of history and developing and improving a new car. Um, is the attitude we need to have in mental toughness. It's all very well to say, control your feelings, your thoughts and your actions. Well, how do you do that? Well, you know, it's the same for my students. If they are 
losing and crying because they can't win a match. They're not trying to improve. You know, it's never ending. You have to improve. It's about going out and improving. The result will come later. It's, you know, and, and look what happened to Elon. I mean, yeah. you know, sky's the limit for the guy. So, and even that, he's beyond the sky now. So, uh, it, 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 it really is mental toughness and mental fortitude <laughs> is, is improving oneself. But I love the reference to Elon Musk and I love what you are, uh, how, how beautiful it is. It's like that a South African spirit aboard of you carry and with so much pride, but also resourcefulness and then very different drive because a lot of times specific on seeing here people in America, you know, both of us and now also United States and seeing how different they are in their approaches, how different they are in uh you know quickly giving up or expecting things to be handed out or given easily to them or whatever might be the case so um it's, it's just so beautiful to see um uh, that, that that we continue to see the pattern and and which obviously brings you to that amazing champion mindset and something right. else that you also not only trademarked but also created which i i would love if you don't mind sharing a little bit with the audience because you also trademark and obviously we talked about earlier about you know, that mental toughness specifically around the tennis and being that single player and having just opponent, you know, one opponent. Uh, but a lot of times people don't realize it's that self being opponent a lot of times of what you can and cannot do. But in terms of now, obviously, um, be able to look at from the different perspectives. So do you mind kind of uh, for audience that is watching and listening to understand what it really takes to have that champion mindset that we hear so much about have a lot of mis uh, misperceptions and very few people truly truly ever tap into for sure i just want to you know go back on you know something we said early on i mean you know it's overall so you're you're on your your journey of um adventure passion but what does come with that is a lot of jealousy and uh, criticism. Um, you know, being this successful um, mentally and, and helping people draws a lot of naysayers that want to bring you down. So then there's another challenge. So you find yourself in the 2% club and, yes. um, you know, it's or 1%, whatever it is, 5% maybe you know, 95% of the population doesn't understand it. And so they're on your back, they're putting you down, uh, criticizing you. So then you have to sort of dive into another form of mental toughness, because, you know, you, you, you're told you're not doing things right, or, you know, you, you've got parents who, who don't believe in what you're doing is right. And, and you're like, well, I've been successful, why do you want to look another way? And how do you deal with rejection you know again elon musk couldn't find the scientist to build a rocket he had to learn to do it himself you know um okay the background uh -huh. of science and engineering but he had to learn to 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 design the rocket and you know nobody wanted to work for him now he's got the team but you know he had to go through that i mean constantly being told no um and yet just keep pushing you know the, the way i look at it is that um it's about getting clarity you know 
in in my mental toughness or champion mindset training, you, you know, we, we, we talk about um, the, the different categories of people or, or clarity um, areas that people need to discover. And one of them is, well, it's like, you know, they're all losers in life. You know, you're either in the loser category or you're in the amateur category. So amateur is probably about 65% of people where, you know, they're not willing to hear the truth. They're willing to stay in their comfort zone. Um, and anybody trying to go to be a champion, um, they're going to criticize. But then again, the champions, that category is all about me. It's about dog eats dog. And they don't contribute. And it's like, okay, I win Wimbledon, then I go and buy 10 houses. And then, you know, a few years later, I'm broke because, you know, I'm just greedy. Um, it's all about me, selfishness. And you can become a champion like that. There are many champions that we've seen over the years. But what about the true champion? So the true champion is kind of like a Federer where, you know, there's a piece of the pie for everybody. There's, you know, a way of giving back. They are humble. You know, Federer, you know, donates and gives water to, you know, countries in Africa, sets them up. You know, he's so humble. He's adored by the, the whole world. And because he's that way, he's a true champion. He's not just a champion. So those are where we define, you know, where people are. And then mm. they have to decide where they want to go from that. And then we help them, um, you know, clarify whether they're going to be objective or subjective in their thinking. And most of us are taught to be subjective. So yes. that's the issue where it's at schools, when I'm teaching kids, they come to the class and, and they're so subject, uh, you know, they, they just got this mindset of, um, you know, instant gratification, self-entitlement, and they are just basically amateurs. And until they step into that champion and then true championship mindset, you know, we obviously, well, I have the tools to, to help people through that, but then they want to be coached because, you know, I've had many a client or student who will get to the champion mindset and will not want to think about others and, or will find, wow, this is just too difficult. I've, I've got to be, you know, um, it's all about me. Um, I'm not willing to take risk. And then I'm, okay, well, you're just average and uh, amateur and, and, and that's fine and I respect you and, I, and good luck and, and, you know, yes. keep going. Yes, you know, yes. You, I, can't, I can't coach them. And, and so it is a difficult process. I mean, for me to, to do what I did in the, in the, the fasting, um, it takes that special mindset because you, you want to improve yourself. You know, it's like my students, okay, coach, my forehand's great, but how can I be the best in the world? That's the client I'm looking for, you know. Um, and you know, if, if the client is is not doing it right, I'll stay. I'll say you're going to do it for the next three hours until you get it right. And if the kid quits after five minutes, he's the amateur, you know. And and it's the same for everybody, adult wise in life. Um, finding out if they want to really go further, then we do deeper into their thought process as to you know, with questions, you know, if you had this situation come up, how would you answer it? Based on the answers, we will give them the better answers. You know, that, that framework of, of answers that is um, 
more positive, more objective, and um, you know, self-improving. Wow, how many beautiful golden, not only golden nuggets, but amazing life lessons are here. And I love how you distinct make a distinction between you know, winning the champions or just feeling like you have that champion mindset, but what actually really lo looks like and feels like to be the one and, 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 and who are the real champions? Um, because that is also, obviously we're on the legacy leader show here with you and it's everybody want to leave the legacy, right? But they don't think about it. What is uh, legacy about and what it takes to be that amazing legacy leader, right? Because ultimately right. you have to have not only amazing pedigree in sports or business, but also in life. And I love that you use Federer in terms of, you know, his phenomenal father, family man, they're mm -hmm. respectful to his wife, to his children, to people around him, uh, to his community, you know, uh, that's why he's loved not only in Switzerland, across the world, mm -hmm. how he interacts with everybody that helps him. He is not above anybody, just being again, extremely humble, kind. And so Warwick, you shared so many beautiful uh, aspects here with us and so much rich conversation. And I really appreciate your perspective of distinction of what it takes to be truly a champion and what is that champion mindset and how do you install that in everyone that you touch personally, professionally. Uh, I want to, first of all, kudos you for everything you accomplished, uh, how you pivot over and, and over uh, for so many years. You've been an amazing role model. I always stay close to watch and see how you're doing. And, and I'm just always thrilled Likewise. to see uh -huh. no matter how big struggles or small. Mm. Thank you. You always persevered and you just, you don't have no, you don't have no idea how much, but curiously, sometimes you gave me strength when I was dealing with some issues myself and thinking, do we start again fourth or fifth time? You know, it's like, why is sometimes so hard and difficult? But again, it's like, mm -hmm. what can I do to overcome challenge? And where can I, you know, learn from that? And what can I help others to do the same? So with that in mind, do you mind sharing with the audience um, that is watching and listening where you headed? What is for 2022 some of your goals and in the end, what would you like your legacy to be known for? You already have amazing stellar legacy, but I know you have so much more in you that you want to accomplish. So whatever you can share, please enlighten us. Sure. I mean, you know, um, tennis is, is obviously a big passion in my life, but I feel that um, it, it, it might be drawing to closing the chapter um, you know, when you coach uh, kids within clubs and the clubs um, kind of take you on as a consultant and then they, they kind of drop you because you've increased their revenue, you've brought in the kids, you've been a part of their lives, and then they want to cut back. So that's understandable with the economy and the way it is now. So I'm actually, you know, looking at diversifying a little bit into uh, the corporate resurfacing and painting business because uh, building a team. So I don't have to do the, the heavy lifting, uh, you know, before it, it was just the two of us. And so um, th th there's an opportunity. I mean, I get called by clubs all the time to come in, um, but, you, you know, for about 15 years now, I've done it almost for, for free based on 
you, you know, what I would normally cost because I've had obviously the clients in life coaching and things like that that's got me through or the resurfacing. I'm also looking at, and you might not be surprised with this one. Um, uh, I'm looking at potentially uh, creating a French boulanger, which is a baker's shop. Um, wow. So it's, it's not just bread and pastries, but it's, you know, the chocolate, the French chocolate, the, 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 the coffee, um, the, the products from France. It'll only be a French, what we call épicerie, which is a grocery or market. And um, so it's, you know, it's a small uh, venture, but I want to be the best uh, baker shop in town. So that's another big goal. Wow. You know, with the the French culture, you know, I consider myself more French than anything else. Although I've lived here in the States almost uh, 17 years now. Um, But I miss the the French culture. I miss their products. and so I'm like, well, they don't have anything. They have bakeries here, but you know, when you buy an eclair, they they dip the chocolate sauce, you know, into sugar, and it's it's just, you know, in France they make the chocolate coating on an eclair out of chocolate, not sugar. So, you know, everything is just icing and sugar and and cream, and and so to to create a croissant that used to be the one that we ate 15, 20 years ago is my goal, is to have four ingredients rather than 25 ingredients. And, you know, the reason I'm into all this is because obviously with nutrition, and, you know, you said earlier on with Federer, he's good in a lot of departments. I've also, you know, encouraged that in the mental toughness area is that you could be good at your work, but poor with your spouse. You could be great with your spouse, but terrible with your, your work and lady. So you've got to be good at these departments or arenas, as I would call them. And so when my, my health started to, to turn, I mean, I've always been health conscious, but now I'm looking at, you, you know, the, the foods we eat and, and where they come from and, you know, growing my own foods and being sort of self-sufficient. And, and so, you know, making my own bread uh, rather than 25 ingredients, you know, all these preservatives and things in you know and everything that is actually damaging kids today uh, through society and this fast-paced society is giving them the health problems they have later on so i'd like to be yes. a spokesperson in that environment too as well i mean it's not going to stop I'm, I'm you know musk and i are very similar we just think of so many ideas and we're not normal we we, we, we really are, are out of the box people so yes. i don't I haven't found the solution to make the millions, but that's not the priority. The priority is, again, you know, doing things that are fulfilling, that have a purpose and that, you know, um, will help maybe future generations. If somebody comes in my shop and they can get products that don't have all the sugar and, you know, bad stuff in them, um, I'm leaving another legacy, you know, educating people. So, you know, in the tennis resurfacing, again, uh, you know, becoming you know, one of the best resurfacing companies. We're not doing this to look good or to have a big ego. Uh, we just have fun in being the best at something. I love yeah. that. And, and, and taking away the 
uh, I mean, having the pride, but taking away the ego is a, is a, is a win in the championships or surfacing the, uh, terrains where the future champion is going to play or creating, as you said, the best pastry and, and having the best atmosphere and environment for people to indulge and know that is going to be healthy and also creating great memories. Oh, yeah. I love this new journey. I love also <laughs> that part of self-discovery and realizing, you know, it's like it's a time to retire. Things are changing yeah. it's okay to change direction but i also love how bold and and strong you are in your convictions and and how willing you are to try something different and and mm -hmm. follow your calling and also have the amazing support by your wife and your daughter as well as you know your community where mm -hmm. you're right now so do you want to tell where in which city you're going to have this pastry shop so that we know and pay attention <laughs> when we travel to come and visit Oh, you, you, the door's open anytime. Um, we're looking at two possibilities, Greenville or Spartanburg, uh, South Carolina. Um, you know, uh, we homeschool our daughter, and so she's got a good circle of friends here, and we don't necessarily want to leave to Charlotte, which would probably be a bigger city, but we're still country laid-back kind of people too. You know, we enjoy uh, the country, and we don't want a big city. But, um, you know, Greenville, I know very well. Um, you know, we've been on and off in, the, in South Carolina for about, I'd say, 11 years living here, you know, on and off. Uh, we went to France in the middle and to Colorado. But, um, yeah, this, you know, this is an area that's growing. Many people coming from different states. Uh, jobs are skyrocketing. You know, there's, there's growth. There's, everything's happening here. So um, that's, that's, I think, where we will be. And we would dominate the north and south. Carolinas in the resurfacing because to be honest with you there's nobody really um, willing to work hard Fantastic. I'm super thrilled. I'm looking forward to my future visits to South Carolina to check it out. But for, sure. for everyone that is listening and watching this episode, I want to again point out it's never too late to follow your dream or have a new dream or change the direction of your life. Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. But as long as you have healthy mind, body and spirit, you know what you're doing and taking care of yourself holistically because you're living an example. Everything is possible. But it's not worth it if that deteriorates, right? Or any of those aspects deteriorates. And uh, for everyone watching and listening, we wanted just to thank you uh, for being with us and learning so much. Feel free to share and leave comments on this beautiful share uh, by Warwick. And Warwick, we were so super grateful you're here with us today. And this is to be continued because we want to get you back and ask you more questions down the road. So thank nice. you so much for being with us today. With pleasure. And, you know, good luck with all your endeavors too, uh, Isabel. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.